but now they're talking about it as it relates to like YouTubers. So it's kind of like how you might feel like you have a relationship with Kim Kardashian and you love her and you're so invested in her life, but you don't even know her. Right. So that's like the parasocial relationship there. There's your professor Carter moments. Thank you. Professor <laughs> Carter. Isn't it crazy though? Are you ever like, how the fuck do I have all these people following me? How are people like supporting me? For me, I'm always like, oh my God, I can't believe people like watch this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just some bitch with a microphone and iMovie. And Before we get into the episode, if you guys can please hit that like button and subscribe, that would be so great and it'd be a great way to support Best Candy Ever. Leave me a comment, let me know what other guests you'd like to see on the podcast and let's have a good time. Yo, 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 what is up candy fam? Welcome to this very, very special episode of Best Candy Ever. Today I have a super inspirational and awesome guest on the podcast. I started seeing her face around Instagram, started seeing some accounts associated with her, and was just honestly just inspired by the amount of advocacy that she has, and also um, just being able to say what she wants um, on this crazy platform that we call Instagram. But without further ado, please welcome my guest, Brianna, aka Brie Lala. Hi, what's up everyone? I'm so happy to be on Best Candy Ever. So yeah, let's get it going. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Hell yes, girl. So like, how have you been? Like, what's going on? Well, you know, it's been a crazy year for me, as I'm sure it's been for everyone. Um, I graduated with my master's degree this Congratulations. May. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And that was like... I was a graduate assistant, so like I didn't get to say goodbye to my students that I was teaching, you know, when campuses shut down, I had to finish my thesis from home, you know, that was really difficult, um, but I'm really proud to say that I made it through, and you know, it wasn't the best um, year to graduate into, uh, the job market um, here in Florida especially is not too great. A lot of people lost their jobs in entertainment and hospitality, resort work. So, you know, it hasn't been the best year, but I'm proud to say I am employed. I am doing great and I'm actually really happy <laughs> despite everything that's happened. So, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't know that you were a graduate assistant. So um, let's kind of like start from the beginning. Can you tell <laughs> us uh, about yourself and like, uh, like what you do, um, like what you've been teaching and just give us like a little intro into like who Brie Lala is? Yes, of course. So Brie Lala specifically, I kind of use my Instagram. It's kind of an alter ego for me. I've said this to a couple of my friends before who kind of get really entangled in, you know, this, you know, how, how do I project myself to Instagram? Um, am I giving enough? You know, I feel like that's a very common thing, especially with my friends who also share their lives on the internet. <laughs> so, you know, for me, Brie Lala is almost like a character, right? It's my rave girl. It's my, it's my beauty self. It's kind of almost like a dragish kind of thing that I do, you know, uh, with the makeup and the hair and everything. So Brie Lala, you know, has really 
you know, come upon blossomed this whole year. I really didn't start doing rave looks until right before the pandemic. So all this has kind of been a whirlwind for me, <laughs> um, you know, what, that I've had with the rave culture online. But I've been going to raves for years, um, since I was like 19, so, and I'm 24. So it, it's been, um, you know, it's been really cool. Brianna herself, um, I went to college right after I graduated high school. I went to WKU in Kentucky. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, 502. I'm here, <laughs> like, to represent uh, Kentucky. Um, but then after undergrad, I graduated with my communications degree, and then I got accepted into USF in Florida, and I moved on down to Tampa in 2018. I've been here um, for almost three years now, and I got my master's degree in gender studies, which is like similar to sociology. And um, yeah, I taught all kinds of different classes. I taught intro to gender studies. I taught sex education. Um, and um, what other one did I do? I, oh, I did another intro class. So it, yeah, it was really cool being a GA and everything. I'm, I have a lot, um, you know, a lot of different things that I've done in my life. So I don't want to ramble on too much, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. No, <laughs> no, I, love it. I absolutely love that. I, I, I saw that you, um, yeah, that you, uh, had a master in gender studies and I wanted to ask you like, what like made you want to go in that? Cause I didn't like, I wasn't aware that you had like this huge medical background with, or, um, educational background with all, like all these degrees, but the gender studies one I think is awesome because I actually love gender studies um or yes. my uh, college they called it women's studies and I yes yes exactly an awesome yeah class. it's known as like sex studies lgbtq studies gender studies um specifically for me uh, I sometimes don't even tell people that that's what I got my master's in it's not because I'm ashamed of it but it's because a lot of people don't know what it is but I think it's because first of all it's been around since the 1970s the degree itself um you can get it as a minor as a major in undergrad um I minored minored in it in undergrad and then majored in it with my master's so um yeah, a lot of people don't know about it. So a lot, I don't feel, I feel like a lot of gender studies people just say they are a sociology major and kind of just, you know, because it can have some political connotation. Some people are like, oh, gender studies, what are you going to do with that? And I get a lot of hate sometimes about it. Um, but for me, it's really cultural studies. Um, I learn about racism, sexism, American history, and that's, it really is a passion for me. I love learning about why we think the way we think, why we have laws that, why we have the laws that we do, why our society rule is ran the way it's ran. And that's kind of what gravitated me towards it. I am biracial. So I actually did my thesis on multiracial studies. So it's a very um, interdisciplinary major. So I could have probably gone to the African American history department or the sociology department, but gender studies was just this, the department that I wanted to be in for my research and everything. So yeah, I am, I'm pretty, I'm very academic <laughs> that a lot of people don't know that about me. I, I struggle with sharing too much educational stuff on my channel, but, um, I think well, it's I awesome. Channel, I think people I should YouTube share too. more. Yeah. I, I, I realize it, this year, especially with like the black lives matter movement, a lot of people don't know a lot of our history. And I try to use a, my platform to kind of share, um, race matters, gender matters, <laughs> you know, and, but I try to sprinkle in, you know, a little fashion in there too. Well, it's mostly fashion, maybe with a little bit of education sprinkled in. 
Yeah. Would you say that that's kind of how base garden community started? Um, because I know Absolutely. that's definitely, um, well, for those that don't know, uh, tell us what base garden community is. So and your role I, in it too. yes, I last March of 2019, I was really starting to get into like the rave fashion. Um, and I was tagging a lot of pages with my looks and no one was sharing me. And I was like, is there something wrong with me? Am I not a big enough creator? And I think the problem was I was too big of a creator, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. Um, they don't really feature plus size. Well, I don't want to say everyone, but there were some major pages out there that shared a lot of people who look the same. It was a very model-esque body, long legs, blonde hair, white skin. And I was like, when I go to Okeechobee, when I go to Bonnaroo, when I go to all these festivals, Buku, Voodoo, I don't see one type of person. And I also... Right. Don't, I see so many people like you see every race, every color, every gender, everyone's out there, men and women and anything in between are at raves. So why are we only featuring one type of person? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own page where we feature everyone, men, women, anything in between, non-binary people, trans people, whatever. Like I want an inclusive rave page, which is yeah, that it goes along with my degree. It's 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 intersectionality. Um, it it's the intersections between race, gender, sexuality, and sharing everyone. You know, and that's why I wanted to start Base Garden. So I started my own um, EDM feature page. It's uh, I call it a platform to share. Our our logo is all are welcome here, beauty and all. Um, and I don't care who tags me. If you are rave related, a DJ, a producer, a creator, you know, a look person, I will share you on the platform. Everyone's voice deserves to be heard. So we shouldn't just be sharing one voice. And that's why also with a lot of the posts, we ask like, what's your favorite part about raves? It's not just that, here comes the feminist part. It's not just about looking hot or beautiful or sexy you go to these because you like the music, you like to sh be creative. And it, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to just share sexy bodies, sexy booties. You know, this is more about just looking than just looking sexy. You might look beautiful, but you're also not just doing it for male attention. You know, it's, it's for yourself. So yeah, now Base Garden is a whole, a whole kind of brand of its own. And as I've, I've spawned off to do, I'm, featuring my base garden glitters that I make myself. And yeah, it's turned into a whole new thing. I, I love all of that. I absolutely <laughs> love all of that. In fact, I think that's actually how I even came upon your profile. I want to say that you actually tagged me or featured me. And I was like, what's this? Like, who's this? Because <laughs> I think sometime around last year, I want to say I stopped uh, trying to be featured on those, um, like basically hot rave girl pages before I thought it was cool. Now, honestly, I just don't care, but mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't like tag anyone or anything. And then I saw that you tagged me and I was like, who is this? And I saw that it was this really, really cool platform. And it's awesome because you feature everyone and anyone. And um, like, what, when did this start and how, how have you been managing this plus your Brie Lala plus you also are the founder of um, 
base guard and glitter. So it's just so yes. awesome. Yeah, it's a lot. It, um, it's I, I kind of feel like I want to do more. I have put a couple things to the back burner. I used to do a YouTube video once a week. Like I was all about YouTube. I saw that. Beauty by Brie. It was all, all things that I did um, since I was 17 years old. I had been doing YouTube. And that's wow. kind of gone to the back burner because it TikToks are much quicker to make and editing takes so long. And I also work full time. I am um, a manager at a general manager at a resale thrift store boutique kind of place. So fits right That's in with awesome. all the fashion stuff. But um, so I do that full time. I But when I started Base Garden, I was in school still. So I started off by just doing the story. I wanted, you know, at least three stories a day, one feature a day. I was trying to be really strict with it. And, um, I had some help in the beginning. My best friend, Laura, she is the one who created the base garden logo. It's beautiful. And I love it so much. Um, and she was helping me at first, but she was also in her master's degree. So she kind of trickled off. My boyfriend was starting to help me at first, but he's not really good with social media. So he kind of trickled off. So there was a while there where I was the sole person running the page and it got to be too much, especially this summer. I, I took a break from base garden, which is cool. Cause it's my own page. So I'm like, Hey, I'm taking a week off. It's whatever. Um, but now I have Molly MF, uh, Molly Friedman, who is uh, admin on the page with me. And she nice. helps me post the stories. She's implemented some really cool stuff like our guides on the page. And she does like a festival, fest, like festy outfit inspo every Friday on the story. And obviously I do story takeovers, which is harder now because there's not a lot of raves going on. But um, if there are any drive-ins and anything, the story takeovers kind of gives me a break for the day while at, they're showing their view of the festival for the night so I kind of get a break that day so yeah <laughs> it's been it's a lot to manage but um you know I just try to do it yeah yeah that's incredible where do you see base garden community like let's say like in five years because I feel like it's definitely like a growing platform for sure and I definitely see the name around all the time Oh, well, that, that means a lot. Thank you. Um, I, you know, my dream is to be at festivals and see base garden flags in the air. Like that's my dream that it's this inclusive platform kind of business where you, I have one of the flags in my living room right here. I only made one cause I didn't know I was going to buy any cause there's no festivals, but I would love to see all are welcome here, plur, beauty and all flags with the logo at festivals and selling my glitter as a vendor at festivals. That would be, that's really the dream is just for it to grow. I'm not really one who is obsessed with the follower count um, at all. You know, you see, if you look at Base Garden, I follow probably a thousand more people than I have followers. I've never been someone who's like ratio, ratio, numbers, numbers. If, if it organically grows, it organically grows. And I, I'm doing it because I want everyone to just feel included. And a lot of people, you mentioned, you know, you just, you know, didn't want to tag people anymore, you know, whatever. A lot of people tag, you know, to just because they are trying to grow. Maybe not because they're obsessed with the numbers, right. but because they do want a platform. And I just want to help people like spread their, spread their, whatever they're doing, you know? So that's really what it's for. <laughs> no, that's so cool. I think that is really awesome especially with you know kind of everything that's going on have you had any backlash for creating this because I feel like sometimes people view this as like a clapback to 
other like rave pages or shout out pages that weren't doing it. And I don't think it's necessarily that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it could be people, you know, talking behind closed doors, but no one has DM me or anything, giving me any kind of hate about the page. I think the, the more, the merrier, if more bigger pages who have 10,000, 20,000, a million followers want to start doing more inclusive stuff, I'm not going to be like, you stole my idea. I obviously want more inclusivity everywhere. So, you know, I haven't gotten any hate. The only thing that I've really ever received is more like people, I kind of get offended when people are like, there's no rave pages that are inclusive. And I feel like I'm tiny in the corner, like, hey, I'm over here, guys, I've been doing this for over a year. But it's because people still don't know about us or they don't consider us a big page. So that is kind of disheartening, but we're here and, you know, I'm here to share you. I want to share everybody. So that's really the only thing. Right, and I feel like people may feel that way now, but I think that you're on to something big and I, I feel like your page is definitely growing and I'm definitely seeing uh, your page around as well as you around too, which is awesome. Um, I, oh, I did want to ask you because I saw that you have, you have a YouTube channel. Do, do you think that you're going to get back into it or is more of your time focused on TikTok? Because I saw some of your videos that you made and I was like, oh my God, I had no idea like that she was on here. She has so many videos or are you going to just try to stay with like TikTok, Instagram reels, things like that? YouTube is definitely something I want to get back into. I have been trying to make one video for about a month now so like it's it's definitely something that I'm hoping will come back this year for me I just have to find the time to sit down film have an idea and just edit it and get it up I have to start getting onto some kind of schedule and now that I am working full-time and at the store I kind of have more of a set schedule I make my own schedule so I definitely have to start just saying, this is the day that I'm going to do it. So yeah, I'm just waiting on basically myself to get back in the groove, but I love being on camera. I love filming. Yeah. So it's definitely something I want to bring back. Gosh, you sound like such a busy ass person. Cause when you say all that, <laughs> like you work full time that you're, uh, we have your Instagram page and then you have base garden community, but you also have base garden glitters. Can you tell us yes. about like when that started and how you, you, you managed to, um, like have a small business, but yet do all these other things as well? Yes, absolutely. So, base garden glitters, oh, <laughs> base garden glitters <laughs> is kind of the, I would say it kind of gets pushed to the side a little bit. Like I, I could probably promote it more, but honestly to me, it's again, it's not about the numbers, not about the monetization for me. It's just, it's a fun hobby. So if I really was like money hungry and like, I'm going to promote this, I'm going to pay for promotions. I'm going to do Facebook marketing. I don't do any of that. I have a Shopify that I post my glitters to. And if you want to buy them, you can buy them. It's, it's definitely a side hustle for me. Uh, and I don't post to that page probably as much as I should. So yeah, I mean, it's like a balance for me. It's an ebb and flow. Some days I'm like, I'm all base garden glitters. Like one day last week, it was base garden glitters all morning, doing orders, making glitter, packaging stuff up. And then other days it's like, I didn't post to the story for four days. So uh, yeah, I mean, things happen, things happen. I'm, I'm busy, like you said, but 
I'm not doing it all all at once. It's definitely like an ebb and flow with everything. And I started base garden glitters. Um, I've been making my own glitter mix uh, since I started going to festivals because at first, my first Bonnaroo, I brought, I bought like a big thing of glitter and I was shaking it and it was a mess and it was all over the ground and it wasn't biodegradable. And I was like, there has to be a better way. So then I ordered, or I, I think it was at like Spencer's or Hot Topic and I got like a glitter gel that you could just put on. And I was like, wow, this is no mess, but I have really sensitive skin and it gave me a rash. And I was like, wow. what in the world? Like, what am I going to do? And then I was like, I can make my own gel. We have aloe, like I use organic aloe. I do my little special ingredient mix with some biodegradable glitter and boom, it's on your skin. It's no mess. It's not bad for the environment. And that's kind of where it came from. I have been making it myself for a couple of years now. And some of my friends were like, why don't you sell this? This is awesome. And so I started my own LLC this summer in the middle of a pandemic when there's no raves. Probably not the best business motto, but I'm here. I didn't know that. I thought you actually, uh, I, th I thought Face Garden Glitters was going on since festival season. So when I came across your page, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I've never heard of her. Started July I know 1st. Why. Mm -hmm. I started this July. Wow. Yeah. So, and we got picked up by Freedom Raveware and I wholesale to them. They buy them through me. They sell them on their site, which is amazing. So yeah, I mean, just to start something in July and already have a pretty big person selling your stuff is really awesome. I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. I actually want to congratulate you on that. I think that's so amazing, uh, especially since you started this during a pandemic where the majority of people are not able to do that or they're basically, you know, losing everything, but you've gained something so great. Um, I also saw that you do have your own line, your own collaboration yes. with Freedom Raveware. I had to wear it. I had to represent. <laughs> Dude, that is so awesome. Congrats. Thank you so much. I was shocked when they were like, hey, do you want to collab with us? I was like, me? Me with under 5,000 followers, me? Why? You just did one with Sunflower Raver. That girl has like 20,000 followers. Like, why me? I didn't understand. And they were like, Bree, you're awesome. And I was like, I'm awesome? Okay. Like, I just, you know, it's like, you don't see what other people see sometimes, I guess. And I just had to kind of say, you know what? If, if they think that this is something that they want, then I guess let's do it. And I decided to use the colors and pattern that I thought were the coolest and I love the reflective collection that they have so I asked them if we could add some reflective pieces which I think is super awesome and here it is the Brie La La collab no that's freaking yeah. amazing it's crazy yeah were, were you like an avid like Freedom Raveware fan like you were always like wearing Freedom Raveware or were you just like randomly reached out I think this is something that a lot of people I was an ambassador wonder. already I was oh, an ambassador okay. already yes yes I have been an ambassador for them for uh, several months since since the summer um and yeah I have I've been an ambassador for them I love what they're doing and um they've extended their plus sizes which I think is amazing and um I absolutely love Michael and Alyssa they are awesome and it's been really super cool nice to know them yeah so yeah I, I I wasn't wearing them two festivals that I've been to I just started discovering them this year 
So, but now I wear them all the time to the gym, to work, to school. I was like, I became obsessed. It's such good quality, but I, I work with a couple of brands and I, I only will work with brands that I truly believe in. I've been reached out to by other brands. And if I don't feel like they align with me, I will decline again. I'm not money hungry or anything like that. I, I do. I try to do what feels right for me. I think that's really important. I think that's really great that you do that because I think if, I mean, it's one thing if it's like a job and you need the money, that's understandable, but right. if it's, you just have to do it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the times if you do partner with somebody, you have to align at least with like a couple of their values. Otherwise I feel like you can't be, um, what is it like? Authentic. You, you can't authentically represent something that you don't believe in. So yeah, I only, I kind of capped it at the brands that I'm working with now. And I think I'm done saying yes to anyone else. Cause I have a good, a good little flow that I do post this brand, post that brand, where this one, that one, I don't think I could add any more. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like you got a lot on your plate. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's so great because I was like on Instagram and then I saw you like announcing like that line and then I saw Freedom Ravers post. I was like, holy shit, this is so amazing. Um, I've been following them for um, like years now. And I think I want to say that the first collab that they did with an influencer was... Um, I don't even know if she's raving anymore, Steph XO Haven. I remember when that first came out and I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, this is super cool. But I also thought that this was just a thing that they do with only big gravers. I was like, oh, like. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, there's no way like, like someone like me would ever get chosen or like someone with a very small follower count or whatever and I feel like they've definitely been uh featuring uh, or collabing with like other people and when I saw yours I was like this is so awesome like that just totally uh like like basically dismantled like what I thought about um like collabs and how that works with like an influencer or a rave person rave girl whatever having their own line absolutely absolutely I mean I was just as shocked as probably everyone else is, but uh, it's it's been it's been an amazing experience to actually see other women wearing something that I helped to like create. I did not design the print. I'm not that creative, but to see to see it on other people and they feel empowered and that's what the line is for. It's called electric vitality, which means strength. It's like, I want you to feel sexy and confident and seeing people pose in it and just feeling themselves. I'm like, Oh yes. Like, I don't know. It's just such a, it's a really cool experience. It's, it's just like when people buy the glitter and they make it on their face some really cool way. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I would have never designed it like that. Like it just looks so cool. So it's been really heartwarming in a, really cool experience. I was about to say it must it, I, f I feel like that must be super like fulfilling too because I do know that you are definitely like an advocacy or a big advocate for um, like plus size women and you definitely make it clear that um, you can be sexy no matter mm -hmm. what and when I saw that you did that I was like that is so great because I feel like that just kind of like goes and goes hand in hand with like your mission and like what you're doing so uh yeah I wanted to say congratulations I'm like super happy for you thank you so much yeah I have been plus size the majority of my life 
life. I have lost weight and not been happy. I have had eating disorders. Like I have done it all. And let me tell you one thing. I don't think it matters where you are. I don't preach that, you know, being overweight is a good thing. But if you're at a point in your life where you've gained some weight, you can still feel beautiful. You know what I mean? Or if you, if you, I just, I don't, I, I don't want to get on like the body positive, like people hate body positive people. I don't usually c consider myself body positive. I consider myself where you're at, beautiful. <laughs> like no matter where you're at, if you gain some weight during the quarantine, you're still beautiful. If you lose some weight because you're going to the gym and you're doing it the right way, you're still beautiful. <laughs> so I just try to be, you know, I'm at where I'm at. I was in grad school, I was stressed out all the time, late nights quarantine, stress, couldn't find a job, stressed. I gained a lot of weight, but I still don't think I'm ugly. Yeah. And well, and you're obviously stunning and gorgeous. Um, I, I think that that's really something that you're, uh, I love it because it like makes sense. It's like you preach it, but it also, I feel like you coming out with this collab with them was like, a push forward like I feel like it like you can just see it like kind of progressing in terms of like you know like getting bigger sizes seeing different types of um like body shapes and I don't know I think that it I guess it is kind of a movement that's happening for sure because it I oh think yeah yeah definitely I, I a couple of years ago I don't think this would be the case unfortunately you know like I just think brands are finally getting it you have a market we want cute clothes too your 1x 2x 3x 4x girls we want cute clothes like we we want to buy them we want to give you more money if we're talking capitalism here you can make more money just make us the clothes <laughs> absolutely no i think that like brands kind of forgot about that demographic of people and it's like they've been existing this whole time, you know, yep. and I think that there's yep. a very high demand. So, um, I think that it, I feel like it's awesome. Um, and I don't know, I'm just like so proud of you. Cause I'm like, this is just such like a, a big deal. Thank you. Um, and you know, combined with like your platform and you doing your glitters and, um, like now just finding out that you've, you have like all these degrees, it's like, what, what do you want to, to do since I know that you have um, like that master's in um, uh, gender studies. Um, do you, I think I want to say you have a degree in something else. Is that correct? Communication, communication and okay. mar marketing. So basically my dream maybe could change. I'm 24. I kind of want to go back to school and get my PhD and I'd love to be a professor. I love to teach. Really? I love to speak. I love I love waking people up to new ideas and histories that they weren't aware of. So I loved being a GA, absolutely love being a GA and working with students. So it's definitely something I might see myself doing hopefully by the time I'm 30. But for right now, the master's program was probably the most stressful two years of my life. And I would just like a break to be a normal human for a little bit and enjoy not having homework and papers and reading 100 pages in a week. So um, I am perfectly happy leading my little team of women at the thrift store and, and, and boys, but I love the girls the most. <laughs> Don't tell them I said that. But I love, I love working with um, fashion and clothes and being a team leader and managing. So yeah, I'm kind of very happy with my job right now. 
that's incredible. What what made you want to um, like? Sorry, I keep going back to it, but I, I haven't, like, I don't really know that many people that have, um, like, a master in gender studies, and I just remember loving that class so much, and I feel like it, like, with everything that you've talked about, I feel like it's definitely encompassed in, like, base garden community, and your glitters, and, like, who you are. Uh, did, did you want to take it because you felt like, you, you were like, what is this? I need to educate myself on this, or was it something that, you were already interested in and were like, I'm going to start a career or do something with this, like in my Yeah, future. yeah, no, I, well, it basically happened to me the way that it happened to you. I took a class in undergrad. It was um, Gender Studies 100, Intro to Gender Studies. And I was like, well, oh, that sounds easy. Little did I know I was going to be like, mind blown with everything that I learned and a lot of women's history that I never learned in high school. And that's when I really started getting angry and upset at our education system. Like, why didn't I learn these things? And I started taking African-American history courses. And then I decided to change my minor to gender studies so I could take more of those courses. And yeah, I it just, it became something that lit a fire in my belly. And I knew that that meant that it was a passion, no matter if it's a moneymaker or not. But a lot of people use their gender studies degree as a, either a minor or as a attachment. So like a lot of people from my program will then go to law school after, and they will be like, lawyers for people, um, like social services lawyers um, for women in abuse, um, people who work at abuse shelters and women's shelters. So like there's a lot of different jobs that you can go. You can be, you can become a counselor after. So having the degree, especially in today's climate is actually a really handy thing that we call to put on your tool belt. Um, That's what I used to tell my students like, oh, it's minor in this, put it on your tool belt. Oh, get that certification, put it in your tool belt. So having the minor is kind of just like an extra tool for me. if I ever wanted to, you know, work in HR, I can say, oh, I had a gender studies. Or if I ever want to work at a nonprofit, oh, well, I did an internship during my gender studies program at a nonprofit. So it, it's kind of one of those, um, kind of, you can go everywhere with it, just like communication. So I never really wanted to be hammered down to one thing. If I get my PhD, it would most likely be in communication. And then I could teach something like gender communication, which would be awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I I really like how you said that you could put that in your, um, like in your tool belt, because for a while when I was still in college, I actually had like sociology as like a minor. And I just love that class because it helped me like understand people more. I feel like when I was a lot younger, like just could not understand people and like why they did things. And I was just very black and white and thought Mm -hmm. that everyone was a certain way because they're bad. But then I feel like with classes like, Uh, gender studies or women's studies, sociology, I feel like that kind of opens the door and makes people realize, okay, people might be like this, but it's because of all these different variables, all of these different circumstances, like you said earlier, because of history. And Mm -hmm. I think that's super important. And um, to to clarify, uh, again, gender studies isn't like just the study of gender. Like you said, it's No, absolutely not. It's more like cultural studies. I call it cultural studies, sociology. I specifically studied multiracial identity in America, which is, I'm multiracial. So it was, it obviously sparked my interest. I wrote a lot of papers on Barack Obama and how he identifies and male, the difference between like how biracial people with different 
um, backgrounds, like a Latin and white person or an Asian and white person or a black and white person like me might identify. Um, I did a lot of work on like the census and on the census in America, like you used to only be able to pick one race. Now they let you pick two or more races and identify what, so like that is, I did a lot of like research work. It's kind of boring, but to me, it's fascinating as someone who couldn't ever really fit into one box. So, um, yeah, I basically got to, it was very therapeutic for me to actually study multiracial identity. And there's a lot of work on there about it. My best paper that I think I wrote was about multiracial children's books. And, um, it was about how parenting your children, you can, um, there's new books now that weren't around in the nineties when I was born that are like, multiracial me or or it's called mixed me and it's like and it's an identifying book for kids that are mixed race that never existed before and multiracial marriage wasn't even legal until 1964 or 7 i believe so the fact that it was illegal and like what that means for our race structures today so yeah i could keep going 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 because that's obviously like i'm a nerd but yeah I, i i mostly studied race in gender studies. So like you said, it it doesn't have any, you don't have to just be studying that, but I had people in my program who studied fat bodies, who just studied fatness and how fat bodies were viewed. And I did communication. So a lot of my stuff was with media. Like I said, children's books, media, and um, maybe TV shows, diagnosing the characters on TV shows and the race uh, that, you know, they're portraying and Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, like you can go all different kinds of ways with it. You can do psychology. It's it's an interdisciplinary study is what we call it. Yeah, I love that. I think that um, I really like how you said that, like there's like just a study of like fat bodies or like characters like in um, like shows because I feel like a lot of it does kind of like play a role. Same thing with census. Um, Like I'm Filipino and I remember for a while, like whenever I'd go to the doctor or um, like anywhere where you had to like choose your race or ethnicity, um, it was always like Chinese or um, Japanese or it would just say Asian. And then it started saying, yeah, or other. (laughs) And then um, it would say like Pacific Islander. And then the day I saw Filipino, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's like, whoa, it's validation. It's like, oh, I exist. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's so like, it's not like, I don't want to say it's like crazy. I think it's definitely cool. Um, Like back kind of like to what you said about um, like, interracial dating was like illegal I was telling my boyfriend I was like you know it's only been about like what 40 40 plus years yeah. since that was illegal like we would not be able to be together mm-hmm. and if you think about same it same with mine I, I I'm in an interracial relationship as well so isn't that crazy that like <laughs> x amount of years ago you guys would have had to hide it and it would be like and there's still so places in this country where you, it is frowned upon I mean even when I was born uh, you know there's people in, you know, families that, you know, don't want to be around that, you know, so it's still, it's still a huge problem. And that, and that's, you know, what drove me to study it. I wanted to know why, you know, all these, I I like to figure out things like the psychology behind everything. And I definitely am not a psychology major, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's definitely cool. Because I feel like once you find out why, or like the history, like it all kind of like, make sense and you um like I remember like in my women's studies class like they were breaking down um I think it was like this grand theft auto commercial and it was like 
this black guy who was clearly like a thug. It was a video game. So this is like a mm-hmm. character. And like my teacher was breaking it down and he was like, um, he has no reason to be smiling. And because he was like looking super like he was like mean mugging the camera, like in the Grand Theft Auto commercial. And he was like, but if you like really break it down, like he has no reason to be happy, like in this world that is basically out to get him when he's doing this because he's in this like class level and he's really not trying to be bad. Basically it was like this whole thing. And when he broke it down, I was like, Oh shit, that fucking makes sense. And I don't know. I mean, I guess some people. That's the, that is the moment that I love. That is the, oh, like the, whoa. That is the moment that like I loved when I was teaching. Like just that feeling, like when your students are like, oh my gosh, like this is like crazy. And you see that like light bulb go off. Yeah. And it sucks because why didn't we get, why do you have to go to college and pay for college? You start talking about, you know, all the borders that are up. So people don't learn this stuff because the only way you're going to learn it is if you can get higher education. And if you want to take those classes, some people look at those classes, they're like, I'm a STEM major. There's no way I have time to take a cultural studies class. You know, I can't fit it into my schedule. So it's only if you can fit it in your schedule or if you're a minor or a major, you know, so there's all these things that like bar us from learning these histories that I think should be open access to everyone. No, 100%. I definitely agree with that, especially because I feel like history books, at least like the history books I had like in high school, that was history, but it was like a one-sided view of history. Yeah, um, my my favorite thing about junior year of high school, so I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, so you might not think this, but I actually was able to take an elective in high school that was African-American history, and I was taking it junior year at the same time that I was taking advanced U.S. history, and it was crazy to take both the classes at once, learning about completely separate things. The same time periods we are talking about, we are learning about different people. You know what I mean? Like the U.S. history class just left out so much. I get it. There's tests. You have to learn what you need to learn. But the things that I was learning in that African-American history course should have been being taught in the U.S. history course so everyone could learn it, not just the 13 Black students who signed up for the the African-American history class. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right, right. I feel like a lot of the things that, like, I guess make America look bad or not the best country on earth, I think a lot of it, a lot of that is definitely, what's the word, um, like, uh, like, excluded for sure. And in terms of, like, like, I didn't learn about how, like, slaves were like treated and tortured I learned that in my women's studies class in college that's when I realized wow we're a piece of shit like this country (laughs) like uh yeah like no I mean I yeah proud to be an American yes of course but some of the things that we did like I am not proud of and a part of a part of um loving your country is you know wanting it to be great and well not that way but you know what I mean like wanting you know part of loving your country is wanting it to be an amazing place to be for everyone so you know you have to learn it to to actually I'd say the people who criticize or critically think about our past are people who love our country we don't you know you have to you have to love something in order to want it to be the best that it can be no, no. Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that it's so cool that like you were um, teaching this. Did you ever have like any hard, I guess, like, not hard students, but students that kind of like 
challenged you ever in oh, terms yeah. of you're talking um, you're talking a young GA who is a woman who is plus size who is of color teaching a class of course I had pushback from students of course that you know challenging me on you know I don't want anyone to be mad at me but I'm just gonna say it because I'm honest and I will back myself up but a lot of the times Women are very, women, people of color, different groups are very used to hearing stereotypes about that group or like um, a general statistic. So I could say all Filipino or most Filipino women in America do this. All, most black women in America do this. I'm very used to hearing stuff like that. You know, oh, most women in America, what do we say? Three out of four women in America are raped. When I hear that, I don't go, I've never been raped. Uh! But if you say anything about white men, <laughs> I will say my classes with the white men, you know, it was, oh, well, white men tend to, I don't do that. Well, I'm not talking specifically about you. I'm telling you a general statistic. It, 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 it's almost like a personal attack. They can't take themselves out of the statistic, which I feel like I'm very, I can take myself out of the statistic. You can say, oh, most women don't, I don't, this is not true. Most women don't graduate college. Well, I graduated college. You know, I don't, I, you don't get that defense because I'm not taking it personally. I can understand that that's a statistic. And in my classes particular, this is my experience, what happened to me, a lot of the people who had pushback were the white men in my classes. And that wasn't all the time. Sometimes it was white women. Sometimes it was black women um, who don't want to hear things, you know, but it's almost when you're talking about statistics of groups of people, it can, um, it can be a trigger for some people and they can get very defensive about it, no matter what their color is. Um, Cause now that I'm thinking about it, it's happened to a lot of different people in the classes, but you just have to remove yourself from that. And um, you know, know that it's just a general, a general statement about, said group that we're talking about no for sure and I feel like that's kind of like what was the fuel to like getting like Trump elected and all of these like other things that have happened like um like well more currently now like you know me too black lives matter I feel like a lot of that um was kind of a trigger for some people because it was like basically basically saying I'm the bad one. I like, I'm the one who is basically like causing this um, like chaos or mm -hmm. uh, like violence or whatever the fuck. And I feel like th that's why like certain people or certain like groups of people like identify with um, someone who they may not necessarily identify with, but it's because that's someone who's kind of like looking out for them or that they could relate yeah. to. And, and that was, that was what I love studying too. Like why we feel these internal reactions um, to things that, that is, that is, there you go. There's your big answer. It, it ultimately comes back to that. Exactly. Why do we feel this way? Why am I reacting this way? Why do I get defensive? Why do I say all lives matter? Why can't I understand that some, I, why, you know, where is this entitlement coming from? You know, that's what I love to learn about. <laughs> so that's really, that was really, that's your answer. That's why I went and went on and did this. It, it's something that I'm super passionate about. And I, I feel like it helps me understand uh, more people's views. It's, it's not a closed off view. I think that I have, I feel like I have a very open view and understand why certain communities feel the way that they do about certain things. Yeah. And I think that's so important to like really understand, I guess, 
your neighbor and not, not necessarily like to hear what they're saying and think I can't be friends with this person. I feel like a lot of the times, um, cause I know I was this way for a while. And then I, like my mind has like definitely gone through like a transformation, like in the past years where I would hear like a friend or someone that I knew was like a Trump supporter. And I was like, this person's racist. This person doesn't like me. I like, I can't be friends with that person. But like now that I've grown and like years have gone by and I've like had time to like kind of think about it, I realized that like not all people that like even voted for Trump, not all of them are racist. Not all of them have those same point of views. Not all of them think we should build a fucking wall. Mm-hmm. Like I like I feel like you have to really like think outside the box and like not group certain people like with all of these different like characteristics and stereotypes. Absolutely. That's just, I absolutely agree. And I know people probably get mad at both of us for agreeing on that, but listen, we always say in gender studies, just because there's a rule in place doesn't mean that there are exceptions to the rule. So just because the rule that you might think that all Trump supporters think one way, that doesn't mean that there aren't exceptions to the rule that are underneath there and underlying. So I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and sometimes I feel like you just have to like see it and learn it firsthand because I have like, there are definitely a lot of people that I love that I know are Trump supporters, but I know like, like for damn sure they're not racist, that they're actually good people, that they, um, like basically it like it I don't know it's so hard to explain and I feel like people might disagree with us but I I feel like most people will understand that what we're saying is that just because you like support a certain person doesn't mean that well, you it's the same thing that everything. I wouldn't want people to think about me like oh she's she must be just this crazy SJW liberal I don't want people to just you know she must kill baby or you know she must kill men and hate babies you know stuff like that like I wouldn't want someone assuming that about me so I'm not going to assume that about them it's all about you know that is where those group generalizations or those statistics you do have to do that person to person face to face and really think why why do you think this way why why did you think he was better for our country? What What is it benefiting for you? You know, and let me tell you why it's not beneficial for me. Right. And I think that it goes both ways. Like, it's not just one way. It, it definitely goes for both. Um, like you said, like, you're not a baby killer and you don't think like, uh, I don't know. It's just like, so I, like, I feel like you're more eloquent when it comes to explaining stuff like this, but I, I feel like people get the gist of yeah. what we're saying and Listen, how peace and love and respect to everyone as you know, as long as you respect me and you know, that's it, you know, like I, I hope that you love others and you don't hate others before or just blindly judge them because of who they love or who they are or how they represent, you know, and that is something that we all have to work on as a society. So, yeah. <laughs> 100%. And I feel like that's something that uh, like ravers uh, are really, really good at. Like people- That's what we're supposed to be good at. Yes. Peace, love, unity, respect. Like it, you have to live it. You have to embody it. You can't just say it. It's not just plur. It's a living embodiment. Right. And I feel like some people say that plur is dead and it doesn't exist or they witness some like awful like thing at a rave that wasn't plur. Like I feel like of course if you have like this giant group of people together they're going to be like 
some people that aren't always plur, you know, like stuff happens, but I feel like for the most part, um, well, I feel like in general, like the majority of people are good. I think in the end, I feel like again, just because you know, there the rule is in place, but there's always exceptions to the rule. So our rule is peace, love, unity, respect. But sometimes we got a couple people who are the exception who might not, who might just be going to the show because they like an artist. They they don't embody the festival culture. You know, not everybody is balls to the wall, rave, plur everything EDM, like a lot of us on the internet are. <laughs> and that's right. the one thing, like Base Garden, like I haven't come across anyone who has been not plur, honestly. Like it's just been great. That, I'm, oh my God, I'm so glad to hear that girl because like on one of my videos, um, for some reason, I like completely stopped reading the comments because uh, basically I did a ranking um, like Skrillex and Excision video and mm -hmm people were just like lighting me up on like the excision one and I was just like okay this is really weird because this is like a, an EDM thing like EDM community but then I what I realized is that people just didn't like my opinion even though it was like a ranking video and like I kind of had to like hold back from like commenting but then I was like you know what there's no point in wasting my energy on something like like with all these comments when I got like over 500 likes when the majority of people like it. Like, I feel like there's always going to be um, like some people that dislike whatever you're doing, no matter where, yeah. you, no matter it, where you stand, if you're a good. It's person definitely scary. <laughs> it's scary. Right. But like you said, like there's always going to be those people. That's another reason why I don't really care to get, you know, huge. I, I don't think, I could handle all kinds of hate. I can handle a little bit, I guess. But, you know, I think the bigger creators, they get a lot of shit. And I just, you know, I'll stay under my 5,000, you know. <laughs> I think you're going to get bigger than that. And I think no matter what, because <laughs> no. you're, uh, because you're uh, like an influencer and big in the scene. I think that for everyone, I think this goes for anybody that there's always going to be somebody who's going to say something negative. And I feel like in the end, you just have to ignore that. And I think that like, what do they call them? Like uh, keyboard warriors or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. They'll, they'll be that way, like on the computer or like through text or whatever. And then in but person, they ask for a picture. <laughs> that, or they like, or they're, they're, they're really not, like like that as a person sometimes I feel like it's like little things like anger or um, little things that kind of set them off or they weren't having a good day and they just needed to take it out on someone mm -hmm. not that it's right but I feel like it's so different like when you're in person having a conversation I wish I could have a conversation with these people but then like I, I feel like it would just go so much different if there was like a conversation involved but there's just no point I feel like in reading all these like stupid hateful comments and so when someone yeah, no you can't you can't take the time of day for it let them have their opinion and let it sit there yeah so it's I mean it's whatever because in the end I feel like we forget like as influencers quote unquote like we have to like look at how like that looks compared to like th how the majority of people look and I feel like mm -hmm. the majority of people um for the most part are really good and supportive and mm -hmm. like but you're doing for sure well you too they wouldn't be following if they didn't like it so isn't it crazy though are you ever like 
how the fuck do I have all these people following me? How are people like supporting me? How, like for me, I'm always like, oh my God, I can't believe people like watch this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just some bitch with like a microphone and iMovie. And (laughs) And I'm just like, this is crazy. But I mean, I'm definitely thankful. It's so awesome. And, but sometimes I feel like like we're normal people you know what I mean yeah absolutely yeah no I I mean I have met some of the EDM girls in real life and you know you build this thing up and you're like oh my god you know you may think oh they're getting all this free stuff they must be so rich da 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 you know they're just normal people you know a lot of people don't even make that much money off of this they're doing it because they love it and because they like to dress up and they like the kind of music that they like like you know we're not like YouTube influencers, which I think is a whole nother realm where they're banking in this money and these ad revenues and all this. Like most of the people in the EDM scene that I've met in real life that have a lot of followers are just normal people. Right. Right. That's why every time like I meet someone that like recognizes me, I'm always, I don't know, I'm always like super thankful because I'm just like, I'm just a normal girl. Like I'm just like, I had my my first I had my first person knowing me, like, you know, my first fan interaction, like the other day, and it was bizarre. I was at, it was good. I love her. But it was like, I was at work and I was wearing the blue hair and I was wearing um, one of my Freedom Ravewear crop tops to work with like a pair of jeans. And she goes, Brie Lala? And I was like, oh my (laughs) God, it was so weird. I was like, hello she was like I follow you and I was like I knew she was like I knew it was you because you have the blue hair on and that's your collection and I was like oh my gosh like but you know this was at work yeah and this is not even I'm in manager mode yeah I'm in manager mode but she had like a pine cone on and I was like she's one of us like I was like I know you're one of us like you were good but yeah I mean there's a lot of ravers in Florida um like the melanin ravers owner Rena Gaia X now we're besties. She lives in Florida, just a couple minutes away. T. Plur Princess lives here. Chubby Wubby, her mom lives down here. So she's down here a lot. Um, we have redheaded raver down here in Florida. So there's a lot of Florida peeps down here. And sorry if I missed anybody, but like the Florida rave scene, there's a lot of us down here. So it's not, it's not like it's not crazy. It's not too crazy to like see somebody that you might know from Instagram. Um, once raves come back, like at Okeechobee or at a local rave or at the Ritz in Ebor in Tampa, there's a lot of, there's a lot of us around here. So it's not too crazy to see one of us sparkling around. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so nuts that someone recognized you like outside of a festival or a show that hasn't happened mm-hmm. to me. So like hearing that it, it kind of like puts, um, I don't know. I feel like it kind of makes you think, wow, this is like bigger than I thought. Like, yeah, I was like uh, in manager mode. Like I'm guessing you had a mask on too. Yeah. A mask. It was, it was definitely, I mean, I was literally wearing this ponytail and I I was wearing the crop top. So like, she was like, Brie Lala. And I was like, hello. (laughs) It was weird. It was bizarre. How do you feel? Cause I know the first time that happened to me, I was just in complete shock. Oh, I was like on a high. I don't know if I'm like narcissistic <laughs> or what, but afterwards I told all the girls at work, I was like, I have a fan. Like, I was like, I had a fan. I, I, it made me feel so good. Like, it, it, it makes you, it gives you that, like, that feeling of like, 
wow, like it, like this is bigger than I thought. I was happy. I felt so happy. I thought I didn't want her to leave. I wanted to keep talking to her, you know, like she probably thought I was crazy, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I remember DMing you. Like I know who you are. Like, you know, like I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like I am a total, like, I don't know if you've done the personality test, but I am an ENFJ. So like, that's the same as Obama. So like, I am very much so like, I love it. I just soak it all in. I'm, I love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not person. I'm not familiar with that personality quiz, but oh, it's I, so good. I have to look into it. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that the first time that somebody like as like, I hate saying influencer, but like as somebody with like a following on Instagram, or wh whatever social platform, I think that when somebody recognize you recognizes you for the first time, I feel like it kind of changes you. Um, and I say that because it makes you realize this is actually getting out to people that I don't know in real life. And I feel like it kind of gives you perspective, too, because it's yeah. like this person doesn't know who I am, but they're following me. And they went out of their way to talk to, to me to, or or, yeah. or whatever. Um, I, I feel I hope everyone gets to experience it because it's a it's a really cool feeling and I feel like it kind of makes you believe in yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Like that's what it made. It was like, it was the acknowledgement, you know, that it was like, okay, this is, this is working. This is, I'm, I'm reaching out at my energy is, is reaching out and it, it might, it doesn't feel like that just from your phone, but that's why I want festivals to come back so bad. I want this vaccine to come out because I want to go to festivals and see people and I want to do a base garden meetup. And I just want to put glitter on everybody and give people hugs. Oh dude, I already know. I feel like you're going to get recognized so much. Like tons of people are going to come up to you because A, you look so unique and B, I feel like everything that you stand for, people just love. And th that's the thing too. I feel like when people do come up to you, when they recognize you, I think that it, it makes you realize that follower count isn't that big of a deal because no. um, like, absolutely not. Yeah. Cause for me, I was like, um, Oh, like, I only have, I'm under, I'm under 15 K or I only have 11,000 followers. Mm -hmm. But, but when, when somebody comes up to you, like an actual person and you think about how many people that is like in this, like, like looking back and like in the, in the big picture, I feel like there's 11,000 people following me or there's 5,000 or whatever people following you. And if you think about that, that's like an army of people. Yeah, uh, no, like, I, I've never been, like I said, I've never been focused on the count. I've been doing YouTube since I was 17. I still have under a thousand subscribers. That's so me, many though. I feel but, like yeah, but to me, it's not about, it's, it was for a minute. I was like, I have to hit a thousand after a thousand, but it, I had to take a step back and be like, it's, it's not about that. It's about if I get that, it's so cliche, but if I get that one person to watch my video on plus size fashion and go buy that tight dress that they were afraid to buy, then it was worth it. You know, it, it, it's not about, it, to me, it's never been about the money. It's never been about the follower count. It's just about making that one girl or one boy feel like they are special and beautiful and can rock their shit because I didn't feel that way for the longest time. And that's, that's my whole mission is I don't want anyone to feel the way that I did when I was 12 through 17. You know, I want people to feel good about themselves and it's a good reminder for myself too <laughs> dude that's so freaking nuts because you know that saying be the change in the world that you want to see 
Like you're actually doing that. And that's so crazy because it's like, like it, I don't know. It's so cheesy, but I feel like you're basically kind of proving to yourself, like everything is possible. And for me, like, yeah, follower count, like, like years ago, that was like super important. But now I feel like it's not important at all. And what a lot of people are saying is, is the engagement and what engagement really is technically is just a relationship with the people that the parasocial, parasocial relationship. Love that theory. Wait, 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 okay, wait, I don't even know what that means. Oh my gosh, I might have to like Google it to get the, the correct thing. But basically, I believe that it is like, the idea that people feel as if they're friends with you, even though they've never met you. So like they're friends through the screen, just like, I feel like we have a, like a parasocial relationship, right? Because and we've never met life. every, by the way, everyone, we, this is like our first time, like actually and speaking. I could, and like, we could just keep going. I just love talking to you, girl. Yeah, but, no, okay. I feel like I've never Parasocial known. interaction refers to a kind of psychological relationship experienced by an audience in their meditated encounters with performers in the mass media, particularly on television. But now they're talking about it as it relates to like youtubers so it's kind of like how you might feel like you have a relationship with kim kardashian and you love her and you're so invested in her life but you don't even know her right so that's like the parasocial relationship there there's your professor carter moments thank you professor (laughs) carter i feel like i have so many of those dude because i um i love podcasts and there's so many comedians that i love and i feel like i've known them for like years and i've never met them and it's just I don't know. I feel like now people just want like the raw, like real thing. And I think that's why like podcasts are definitely doing well, just because people want like that relationship and that like connection. And in the end, I feel like that goes for like any social media, really, like not just like pictures or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like people want more depth now. Yeah, absolutely. I love podcasts too. I, I also listen to them because I don't want to feel like alone. Like I, I love music, but sometimes when I'm driving, I'll listen to a podcast instead of music just because it's like, oh, it's like I have my little buddies in the car with me. You know, like it's also, it makes it, that's what it, that parasocial relationship is, right? It's you listening and hearing and seeing and them being involved in your day-to-day lives and tasks. Who do you like to listen to, by the way? What are your, some of your favorite podcasts? I love Girls Gotta Eat podcast um, with Ashley and Raina. They're coming into Tampa soon, so I hope it doesn't get canceled again. I really hope they just do social distancing and masks because I would love to see them because I had a ticket to their show last April, and it got canceled. They're like a comedian, um, girly podcast about dating and relationships. Love them. I listen to My Favorite Murder because I am a total murderino. Love listening to true crime and stuff like that. I did not know that. Mile Higher podcast is with um, YouTuber Kendall Ray and her husband Josh, and it's all about conspiracies and aliens. And they do they do true crime as well. And she has I listen to all their podcasts. They have Mile Higher, the Sesh podcast, which is like her laid back one with her cousin, and then Josh, her husband, has his own called Lights Out, which is also about creepy stuff. So yeah, comedy and creepy and aliens. I that's love, what I listen to I love it see this is another reason why like I love podcasting too is because I feel like I get to learn so many new things about my guests and I mean that's why I like podcasts in general because you get to learn so much new like 
information without really knowing. And I feel like, I don't know, it's nuts because this is like literally our first time speaking, like not via DM. And I, I like this, I, I don't know. I just feel like I've, I feel like I've known you. I feel like you were like oh, a friend vibes. from, yeah, the vibes. And it's just, uh, that's awesome. And oh, that's, that's just so cool. Um, Sorry, I, th- I feel like this whole thing is like amazing, and our conversation <gasps> like I fear I forget that we're even recording. So I'm like, this is so great. Yes, I agree. I, I mean, I love to talk. Like I'm, I could talk all day. I love talking. So, yeah, I I've I've really enjoyed this. So, yes. Um. Well, you know what? Go ahead and drop your plugs and where everyone can find you. Okay, you guys can find me on, oh, I've always wanted to do this. I hear this on every podcast, so I'm so ready. Okay, Instagram at Brie Lala, TikTok at Sparkle Baby Brie, um, also Instagram, Base Garden Community, and Base Garden Glitters, and Base Garden on TikTok, and YouTube at, I, what is it now? Brianna Latoy which is L-A-T-O-I, which is my middle name, which is where the Lala and Brie Lala comes from. Heck yes. Oh my gosh. I think you're like the only guest that has dropped that many handles on the podcast and I love it. Well, well, hope you guys wrote them down. Yes. Um, wait, wait, we have to stop before you go have to do the reveal. Yes. You have to show us a piece of candy and like, tell us the story. Okay. Let's see. Let me, I have my candy bag here. I keep all my candy in a pouch a bag. Yes, let's see. Let's get a good one. I was like, we can't forget about, like, your best candy ever on Best Candy Ever. Okay, so I have to choose two, which are my two cuffs, because they're the coolest ones. This one says, smell the roses, and it's got little roses on it. It's gorgeous. And then this one just embodies everything me, because it literally matches everything that I'm about which is purple blue and pink so yes they're huge cuffs these were both sent to me this year in the mail in plur packages which I highly recommend dming your little instagram ray friends and asking about sending each other plur packages because it just makes you so happy so one of uh one of them was sent by chubby wubby and one was sent by the redheaded raver and they're just they they made me so happy because the quarantine was so horrible, obviously, and no raves, no candy, no happiness, no plur, sickness. It was just bleh. So to get like in the mail and open up these goodies from the, uh, again, parasocial relationships, most, I, I've met Maria now in real life, but like, you know, to get something from someone who you haven't even met yet, and then they write you the little note, and you just feel so warm and happy, and then you send them stuff, so highly recommend, and they are so cool, and I cannot wait to wear them to a festival, because they are so freaking awesome, like, you can't beat a cuff, you just can't. Yeah, no, and I, oh my gosh, I didn't know that they were both that talented when it comes to right? candy making, I feel like when I you said their names, I was like, um, I follow both of them, and I didn't know that they were this um, creative and amazing, especially, um, well, A, I love the colors of both, but also those roses are super cute. Yeah. Like, I can't do this. I make, I make basic candy. I make one string. That's it. So. Singles. Yeah, yeah. Singles are the most I can do too. I just put something cute on it, but singles I love are definitely those. my coolest ones. I love that. Oh my gosh. 
uh, imagine like when festivals finally do come back, you're like going to be decked out in candy. Heck yeah. All this candy I got in the mail. <laughs> like it's crazy. Cause it's like all this candy that I didn't even get from festivals, but it still has that same, like you don't get to do, you know, your whole thing, but it still means so much because it, it, you know, it was such a hard time. So. No, for I'm sure. It's still, happy. I feel like, yeah, like it, some people don't look really like plur packages because they say it's not the same, but I feel like I still get that connection because I had, um, uh, my friend, um, EJ, he gave me this one and we've like never met, but like, I started like tearing up and was like, yeah. like it's still something they made and it's, yeah. it just still makes you feel happy. It was made for you, you know, which might make it even more special. Cause that shows sometimes, you know, you're just getting a random one. But these ones in the mail were made for you. Yeah, and it just makes it so much more special. And, um, God, that's just why I love candy so much, too. It just makes you feel a certain way. Absolutely. I've got my big bag here, and I can't wait to wear it all when festivals come back. I'd like to get two big bags. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. I'm so sure that you will, girl. <laughs> Well, anyways, Rihanna, thank you so much for being on Best yes. Ever. And Thank uh, you. Yes, and we uh, can't wait to finally meet you one day. Absolutely. In Absolutely. And I'm yeah. going to give you a big hug. Yes. Oh, hell yes. Okay. Well, all right, Candy Fam. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Thanks for having me. Big up, big up, big up, big up. Big up.